Person, Woman, Man, Camera, TV. Truth Line. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. The racial inequality is now against the indigenous people of Britain because we are set to become a minority by 2066. I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, uh, blonde in the sun. They now elect a chairman. No, they can't. This was the vice chair's here. I take charge. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. Understand them. Understand them. Understand them. Understand them. Truth Line with Duncan Cocker in association with WBP and the Royal House of Saud. The House of Saud. The only royal family in Saudi Arabia. And that's Big Ben telling me it's 9pm. Big Ben at 9pm. Sponsored by Uncle Ben's at 9. The best time to eat Uncle Ben's rice. Also the best time for the news. Headlines. Pedo panic as Gary Glitter accidentally given access to a Minecraft server in prison. And pedo relief as in a shock move the UK government issued pardons for all historic sex offences for those with an income at or above £500,000 a year. Congratulations Mick Jagger. And speaking of famous skeletons... Thousands of famous skeletons have risen from their graves and unionized. The group's spokespeople include Oliver Cromwell, Richard III, and Iggy Pop. Speaking of Pop, Funko Pops have just been found to have potent healing energies. Many popular Instagram influencers are now clearing their shelves of crystals and power stones and replacing them with Funko Pops featuring other influencers such as Batman, Iron Man, Aquaman, and Zoella. And after being refined from depleted uranium, these Funko Pops are manufactured in factories in the Far East and sent to shops. And how do the manufacturers get consumers to go into the shops and buy them? Well, aside from Instagram influencers, one way is through adverts. Here's Charlie Boycott to explain. Hello, listener. It's me. Charlie Boycott. Suppose you missed me, didn't you? <laughs> well, I didn't miss you. Well, only joking. Here we go. Let's talk about adverts. Many modern scholars, myself included, believe advertising began in earnest in the period immediately following the Norman invasion of England. The news of an arrow finding its way straight into King Harold Godwinson's eye spread so quickly across the land that Saatchi and Saatchi Advertising Agency in London considered it to be the first viral marketing campaign inspiring the popular medieval catchphrase Get this bloody arrow out my bloody eye and a series of tapestries depicting the moment Although they're crap by today's standards. To an 11th century Saxon peasant, it must have been like looking at fucking God. Until the invention of the printing press, 
It was very difficult for advertisers to get eyes or ears on their products or services. That's where Village Idiots came in. Considered by some to be the very first advertising account managers, they were employed by eldermen and mayors across Western Europe to sing the praises of their local parish. From the belfry of their church onto the captive audience of the town below. Don't go to Rotherham, there you shall not have very much fun. Come ye to Sheffield Town, it's much closer to the Peak District. But of course, much like modern advertising account managers, the incontinent fruits that were employed as these village idiots often fell asleep at their posts. Or worse, they did so many horrible ale shits that the bell ringers below would be absolutely soaked and die of dysentery. So the initiative was quickly scrapped by the Catholic Church. I've been banned from the church I'm going to go and live in the dirt And when someone was fired back then Unlike today, we were allowed to burn them for firewood, and that's where the term fired comes from. As for advertising, from there on out, the floodgates were open, and it went from strength to strength, and nothing that far never happened again until the 1950s. Just have a listen to this. Are you thinking of becoming a family annihilator? Oh, well, hold the Chicago typewriter for a moment, Johnny. Why not kill two birds with one stone and join the U.S. Army Hawaiian Cavalry Division and get your revenge on old Uncle Kim over in Korea? Enlist your fists today and you could be riding horses against the Reds within three months and earn your family one shiny government bond. Join the U.S. Cavalry Division. Your wife will live to regret it. Naturally, Korean war veterans came back disillusioned and pissed off. So future advertisements were designed to appeal to their core sensibilities. That is to say, their crippling inferiority complex. Brought about by their disgusting teeth from drinking nothing but government-issue Coca-Cola the whole time they were deployed. Now listen up, Jack. Everybody round here seen your yeller teeth. And the ladies don't like yeller teeth now, do they, Jack? I just want a purdy man with nice teeth. No. Well, have I got the thing for you. Fresh out of one of Nevada's most top-secret testing facilities, it's Dr. Philbert's fantastical tooth balm. Be the life of the party with uranium-enriched teeth. Forget those yellow gnashers. Forget those pearly whites. Get pearly ultraviolet lights. Make your chompers glow violet and stop that party getting silent. Dr. Philbert's fantastical tooth balm. Yeah, pretty mental, innit? Well, if you thought that was weird, imagine what adverts of the future will be like. 
I reckon it'll just be blokes like me trying to sell you fucking Bitcoin, Tesla satellites on the fucking moon or something. Anyway, I'm Charlie Boycott and this segment is over. Frightening report from Charlie Boycott there. Thank you for that, Charlie. I know you're a real maverick, which is why it was such a risk bringing you on from NME. But I think what you put together here proves that you can always find at least two clips to illustrate whatever your point might be. Mm, Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. We love your irreverent style. Right, time for a modern advert. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Don't come in a large group yet. You may now enter the Sex Orgy. Sponsored by the NHS Family Expansion Bureau. NHS, NHS. In spite of the pandemic continuing to ravage all aspects of modern life, all businesses in the country are set to reopen. It's a kind of act of fiscal desperation from our air quotes government. But some businesses flouted the rules and never closed in the first place. Our small, timid reporter Dexter Pegram is currently in one such business. Dexter, I understand you're in one of London's most racist pubs, is that right? What's going on? Have you ever had a curry? They're fucking horrible. Duncan, Duncan, uh, hello, hello. I, uh, yes, I'm here at the Coach and Todger uh, in the heart of London's racism quarter. Uh, the atmosphere, I, I must say, uh, is just on fire uh, with uh, electricity and uh, working class uh, mise en scene. Oh, tremendous. Uh, well, what have you been doing? Have you spoken to anyone, or uh, have you even bought a drink yet, Dexter? Yeah, way, way ahead of you, Duncan. Uh, I'm just here in the queue for the bar now, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, so sorry, uh, sorry if there's a bit of a rumpus around me here. Uh, I assume I can skip it, uh, as I'm a reporter. Uh, so let me just squeeze to the front here and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there we are. Uh, I suppose I'll be getting my favourite drink from my bi-monthly soirees at the Barbican. Uh, barkeep, barkeep, uh, right. a 20 centilitre glass of gender fluid for me, please, sir, or madam. We don't pour that kind of shit here. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm so sorry. Uh, sorry to offend you and your people. Uh, if what I've done has caused some upset, I'm very ashamed and sorry. Uh, and I'm more than willing to put in the work to do better next time. Uh, Duncan, uh, uh, Duncan, help! Uh, Dexter, I'll have to stop you there. Um, we'll just leave you to ingratiate yourself, and we'll come back to you when you've actually got something to report. for breakfast today, Mummy? Ready break, of course. Uh, again, but I'll be too hot. Ready break, central heating for kids. And a big thank you to the Ready Break Company for supplying us with that advert. The Ready Break Company, a subsidiary of Weetabix Limited. Weetabix Limited, a subsidiary of Post Holdings Incorporated. Post Holdings Incorporated. Owned by the Royal House of Saud. Edible fag ends. It might sound like a pipe dream to you or to I, 
But as ever, Americans are turning dreams into a scary reality. Famous Jewish blackman Drake has invented a type of edible cigarette butt that's rapidly become popular with environmentalists and hip-hop enthusiasts alike. Here's a farmer from Iowa. Well, sir, I, I smoke them and then I eat them. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. And believe it or not, edible cigarettes aren't even the scariest thing currently happening in America. Truthline staff watched in horror as hordes of conservatives stormed the Citadel of Liberty, the very epicenter of democracy, the heart of the American democratic system, the United States Congress Capitol building. Of course, in my little left-wing communist pinko bubble here, it's very difficult for me to get into the minds of conservatives to, to, to engage with that way of thinking. So, in order to understand conservative thought, I wanted first to understand the single most important defining ideology behind conservatism, racism. That's right, today we're going to get our hands on this bull's horns and pull... And who better to kick off this topic than the UK's king of racism, Nigel Farage. Hello, Nigel. Uh, Nigel, you famously led the Brexit party on an agenda of uh, sort of racism and lies. Uh, but now that Brexit is actually done, are you irrelevant? Who, who are you and your supporters, the Brexit party? Who are you in this new year, 2021? We are awful, terrible, backward, knuckle-dragging racist people. And we should be deeply ashamed, not just of who we are today, but everything we've ever stood for as a nation. Thank you, Nigel. That's very, very candid of you. Our next commentator on the subject is Dr. Heinrich Eugenich, inventor of the racist dog whistle, famously used by racists to attract more racists and create large problematic gatherings. So, Dr. Heinrich, the racist dog whistle, how does it work? Well, it's, it is uh, designed to respond to just the certain frequencies that uh, only the racists, they are able to hear. Uh, but the non-racist person, they don't hear a thing. Thank you, Dr. Heinrich. And of course, we've actually got a racist dog whistle of our own here in the studio today. And I think if I blow this... It'll make us the first news outlet in the world to actually use one of these devices live on air. And I am actually, I'm, I'm actually quite interested in how it's going to work. And uh, from what I understand, you'll only be able to hear this if you are indeed a racist. So let's, let's try it out. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. <gasps> Well, I didn't hear a thing. Did you? Truthline. IDDT. The most effective aromatic solution for destroying wasps. Back to the pub line now. Earlier on, we had Dexter Pegram in one of London's most racist pubs. And I've got him on the phone right now. He says he has a scoop for me. So, Dexter, what have you got? Hello. Uh, yes, I've managed to feign common interest with some of the lads here uh, using my genuine anti-Catholic bigotry. Fuck the Pope! Yeah, 
yes. Uh, so I've become friends with something of a local choir here at the Coton Todger, uh, an a cappella group calling themselves the Billy Boys Brexit Belters. Uh, they've prepared a song for the pub reopening that gets across their views on what's going on in Britain right now. Uh, if you're ready, Duncan, uh, the crew's uh, all ready to broadcast their... Uh... These people have made a song. Uh, no, they have, they have. Right, yes, let's hear that. And a one, and a two, and a... Shut up, hold it a fucking county, give me that. Right. We're all drinking from England, we're all singing a song. We're close together in one little room where nothing we do is wrong. We're clapping for the barmaids, we're smashing a thousand pints. We're drinking, drinking, drinking till we get into a fight. We're all drinking for England, I'm Brexit till I die. Colin Carlsberg Fosters, give every drink a try. Let's raise a pipe to Churchill, do Nigel Thatcher too. Let's raise a pipe from Boris and that pipe from Waterloo. We're all drinking for England, now everything is good. Foreign students, widows, get out of my neighbourhood. Raise a pipe for England, Duncan, eh? Uh, that's it. <laughs> that's the spirit that won the war. The sort of working-class culture that you and I might normally say doesn't exist. But it does, and is wonderful. I might have another centiliter of lager myself before reporting back to the information laboratory at 11 as scheduled. Hey, lads, eh? Oh, yes. Crap. Truth line. Now, a message from our sponsors. It's working. It's working. It's just working. Banish boredom to the past and start working today. You can work on weekdays, weeknights and even the weekend. Fill those lonely hours with good, hard, honest work. If you work hard enough, you might even get paid. You could work in an office. You could work in a shop. The possibilities are endless. So start looking for a job today. Help yourself, help the economy, and work until you can't work anymore. It's just working. So far, we've been hearing from experts, politicians, scientists and celebrities all show. So now let's get the opinions of COVID deniers, flat earthers and the elderly. It's Mindline. I'm for Mindline. I'm for Mindline. I'm for Mindline. I am for Mindline. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another gold-plated episode of everyone's favourite forum for fast-fired thoughts and emphatic feeling forwarding, and also just for a nice chat. We're going to do something a bit different this week, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry, you'll still all get your free speech hit today. In fact, it means we'll have even more high-octane chatter for you, as we'll have two topics rather than one. 
They're both equally hard-hitting and will no doubt send shivers up the spines of the great and the good in Westminster, Brussels, DC and Beijing. Let's get right into it then with our first topic. Name just some of the ways that Unilever products are absolutely indispensable to your continued individualised self-actualization. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, not a single one of us could get by without the spellbinding portfolio of consumer products brought to us by London's very own Unilever. Unilever Food Solutions. With me today, I've got JT, who is Executive Vice President, Associate Head of IP in Media Region at the company, and he's going to give us an unvarnished and critical look at just some of the Unilever brands we all know and love. Hello, Bart. I hope my call finds you well in these uncertain times, and many thanks to Sheila, my EA, for circling back on your requests. I'm delighted to be a part of this open and completely unscripted panel discussion today where we will all feed into a full and frank discussion. Well, thank you very much, JT. Why don't you kick things off then? What are the Unilever products that really make you go wow? Well, in the food category, I would definitely say Ben & Jerry's, Bovril, Coleman's, Cornetto, Flora, Hellman's, I can't believe it's not butter, Nor, Magnum, Marmite, Pop Noodle, Walls. Okay, and what about the drinks category? Oh, for drinks, I guess I would have to say Lipton, Lion's Tea, PG Tips. Brilliant, JT. Thanks for that. Now if we could just move on to the household category. Top man, Bart. The products in this category are Plus Comfort, Domestos, Dove, Lynx, Purcell, Radox, Shaw, Surf, Timote, Tresemme, Vaseline. Wow, thank you very much for that. It really is amazing how many wonderful and amazing products Unilever have created and gifted to us. I think that's my favourite segment we've done yet. Also, Bart, I'd just like to say that Unilever is committed to diversity and inclusion. All right, that's fine. I think it's more than time for us to move on to our second of two topics today. It's another belter, folks. Monsanto and GlaxoSmithKline present... Name your favourite adverts. Go compare. I feel like chicken tonight. If you like a lot of chocolate on your biscuits, join our that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to take a trip down memory lane and dig some advertising classics out of your brain. I'm looking forward to this. Maybe someone will mention that advert where the car turns into a big mechanical spider or the one where the Twixes were running around getting covered in chocolate. First caller. Exciting. You're on the air. Katie from Bristol. Oh, hi, Bart. I love the show. It really brightens up my day when I'm feeling sad about not being able to see my friends. You're very kind, Katie, and I'm extremely excited to hear what your favourite advert will be. Well, certainly won't be that awful one with Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols advertising butter. He played at the start of the show. How embarrassing was that? <laughs> yes, Katie, very funny indeed. Well, anyway, yes, there's only one advert I can really pick. When it came out, it really moved me, and I don't think I've looked at the world the same way since. It's that one where Kendall Jenner, where she goes in and stops that protest, oh, and yeah. um, I just thought that was such a potent message. Deep down, we're all the same, you know. Katie, that is exactly the sort of thing we want on this show, and I agree. That advert of a Pepsi was about as hard-hitting as it gets. What a great way to start topic two. Thank you, Katie, and please call back next time. Bye, Bart. 
Robert. I'm just hearing that our next caller has dialed in from the Truthline TikTok page. Hello, Joshua. I'm assuming you're one of these Zoomers we've all heard so much about. I'm really looking forward to getting to grips with your rich youth culture. Hey, what's up, Mindline? That's right. I'm a young savage getting absolutely poggers views and subs on all my streams. I don't know what that means. What is your favourite advert? Okay, yikes. Pretty rude, but go off, my guy. Honestly, bro, all the adverts I get on YouTube are pretty epic, but definitely the most extra thing I've seen was when Ninja was streaming Fortnite on Twitch with Drake, Travis Scott, and Juju. That was a whole gang of real ass going yankee uh, on the competition and securing the bag uh, with a based victory royale. Again, I don't really know what that is, but it does sound like it's an advert of some kind, so that's a start. Uh, let's just say that this is an advert for PlayStation or something like that. Don't bother trying to correct me, Joshua, because I've muted your mic. Okay, we're back onto grown-ups now, thank God. Your live and uncensored Dan Meteard. Hello there, Bass. The pleasure is all mine. It's Dan Meteard here. I think you'll find the pleasure is all mine, Mr Meteard. Go on then, what's your favourite ad? This really is a very hard question, Bass. There's so many that have changed my life. Among all of them, though, I'd have to say it's that one where the ship sinks after crashing into that iceberg and all the poor fellas drown. That one was really tremendous. Oh, was that a parody one for an uh, ice company or something? Well, it was about three hours long and I can't remember what it was advertising. Ships, maybe, but that won't make any sense given what a rotten job that one did. Yeah, that's actually a film, Dan. Look, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that this is not a prank call, but I think we'll park this now. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, next caller then. Hopefully someone who has an actual advert to share with us. Please mention a product when you call in. Thank you. Okay, next caller. Uh, Our next caller is Doris from Letchworth Garden City, who is one of our precious golden oldies. Doris, how old are you, sweetheart? Hello, Bart. I'm 84 years of age. Oh, that's wonderful, darling. I really am excited to hear what your favourite advert is or was. You can speak now, Petal. Please go ahead. When I look back on my life, I've had such wonderful times in front of the telly. I've seen lots of adverts in my time, but definitely my favourite is that perfectly still one. And it comes on very late at night. You know, the one with the little girl and the clown clown puppet thing. And it's surrounded by this grey background and these lines. I used to sit and watch that for hours. Jesus Christ, that's the fucking BBC test card, you stupid old biddy. Look, I know your brain has probably been turned into fucking mulch by dementia and and probably COVID, but on what planet is that a fucking advert? Let me explain something to you. Let me explain how business works. You have a radio show where you get people to call in and mention companies, and then you send these companies emails asking for money, okay? That's how business works. I don't make the rules, so I suppose you think we're going to get a check through now from the uh, test card company thanks to your contribution. Right, no more old people calling. No more. I've had it. I've just had it. Just let me calm down. Let me let me calm down for five minutes. No more old people, please. Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> okay, next caller. It's very important that you mention an actual advert. It really is a piece of piss. All you need to do is ring up Truthline using the number on our TikTok and tell me what your favourite ad off the telly is. Thank you. Next caller is Ernest from Hazelmere. Hello, 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 Bart. 
You're not going to shout at me, are you? I, I do love this show. No, Ernest, of course not. I just, I just love hearing about adverts, that's all. Go ahead. Well, you don't have to worry about me being an oldie. I'm a, a young 20- or 30-year-old man who, who loves going down the pitches to watch the talkies or down in the, uh, in the local uh, working men's club with my, my sweetheart, Edna. I fondly remember watching a great advert for sleds about a politician named Charles Kane or something who had a lovely sled he named Rosebud, actually. Right, you're obviously describing the plot to Citizen Kane here, which is a film that was released about 100 years ago that you probably saw with your second wife. I made myself perfectly clear that I didn't want you or your kind on my programme, but you defied me. I have a degree in journalism. I have a degree. I have a degree. You're, I shouldn't be forced to listen to those whose minds are deteriorating. If I wanted that, I'd go to work at a charity call centre or visit my parents or... or son. Look, I've done five episodes of this shit now and the only conclusion I can come to is that the public are... cunts. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm finished, Duncan. It's been shit. Fuck off. Apologies for all that sour language. Our bleep guy is incredibly stressed after working a brief stint on a Channel 4 documentary about Tourette's. Truthline. Dragging misinformation into a dark alleyway and savagely beating it with the crowbar of truth. In the before times, cruises were the favoured getaway of the elderly, the stupid, and the soon-to-be-murdered. With the coronavirus pandemic having gone more viral than the damn Daniel video, and having transformed cruise ships into rusting monolithic hulks dominating most Southeast Asian beaches, lobbyists for the Union of Cruise Men and Maritime Merrymakers are pushing to revive the ailing cruise industry. I've now got a minute to speak with the Admiral of the Union's fleet and top seaman, Captain Daniel the Damned. Captain Daniel, it's been two decades since you last stepped ashore from your vessel, the Bloodthirsty Virgin, and frankly, it's amazing that you're standing up. To these accusations that cruises are unsafe in the current climate, yours is an indefensible position, isn't it? It be more defensible than Fort Tortuga. We've assessed all the risks and taken all the appropriate measures. And all ye aboard one of me craft are more likely to be eaten by a shark or plundered by pirates <laughs> uh, than ye are to catch COVID. The industry is sinking without the rich, hapless tourists that provide the majority of our booty. Yeah, I means our revenue. Indeed. And you're suggesting the government needs to immediately allow the cruise industry to reopen? Yar, if restrictions ain't be lifted soon, the industry will run aground! Me crew and I have been taken to social media to get people hooked on cruises. When the landlubbers at Downing Street finally see sense, we be expecting the Seven Seas to be swarming with potential victor. Cli uh, clients, 
Right, Captain. I'll be honest with you. I was fairly suspicious when I saw your hook hand and peg leg, but in an attempt to avoid being ableist, I chose to ignore it. But, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm beginning to suspect you're some sort of pirate king who's been making his living, uh, plundering cruise ships. And you're trying to lobby for the industry so that you can resume your reign of terror over the high seas. Does that sound about right? Yar, you caught me red-hook-handed, Duncan. Ye be a crafty one. <sighs> Let me be honest with you, Duncan. Look me in me eye. Pirates. Pirates be people too. It ain't all tick-tock sea shanties, treasure-burying and grog-swilling, believe me. I got five kids. They're all riddled with scurvy. Look me in me eye and tell me you wouldn't do the same in my shoe. Ah, excuse me, it's me phone. It be urgent, it's me first mate ringing. What? You damn milksop. You cross-eyed anchor thieving freebooter! Duncan, I gotta go. Turns out there's too much bilge in the hold. Avast ye! Well, thank you for your time, Captain Daniel. That was Captain Daniel, clearly a pirate, ostensibly of the Union of Cruisemen and Maritime Merrymakers. It's eight bells and all's well here at Truthline. Any port in a storm? Well, let's find out. It's time for the final headlines. Headlines. Speaking today, Piers Morgan insists he was on the Epstein flight logs, despite all evidence suggesting he wasn't famous enough for an invitation. Mm. The RSPB has declared the Red Kite to be the first openly gay British bird of prey. Dennis the Menace found guilty on charges of domestic terrorism after pelting a local mosque with stink bombs. Dave Grohl announces Nirvana split 27 years after the tragic suicide of Kurt Cobain. She sells seashells on the seashore or on the sea floor. World of coastal souvenirs turns dark after juvenile conch peddler found six feet under. And celebrity hat colonizer Jamiroquai enacts reparations by returning his tribal headdress to the Native American chieftain he previously stole it from. I'm Duncan Cocker and you have been mainlining the truth on the truth line. It's like child line, but it's for the truth. Goodbye, 